Welcome to episode 48 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPod, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies, plus tips, apps, and gear. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and my guest this week, our returning guest, is Adam Christensen from the MacCast podcast. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad to have you back here, and uh, we've got some yeah, lots Nice of... to be back. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, we've got lots to talk about because you know, Apple's been pretty active, I think. I know on your podcast you've you've had a lot to talk about as of late, yep. uh, and, I, and I and I haven't uh, talked since uh, a couple weeks ago here, so I'm glad to be back here. So we're going to hit the news lot lot uh, discussion about uh, Apple and uh, their services and the uh, iPhone not making any money and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it's oh, making a little bit of money. They're still. making a little money still, but I think <laughs> people are all panicking. I mean, I talk to friends, they're like, "Well, yeah, Apple's doomed." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Give me a break." So, <laughs> just you just have to turn around and laugh. Um, yeah. And then we and we have a we're gonna have a bit of discussion with our topics today on uh, Samsung and Vizio that they announced that they're gonna be supporting iTunes and AirPlay two, which is uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also some other other discussions as well, and, and uh, we'll just lead up to it. So let's uh, go and start off with the news here. And uh, first story caught my eye was uh, it was interesting to find that Apple decided to uh, put the iPhone SE out there for sale for a very short period of time. Yeah, for all of about, I all don't know about, how long. All of about a day, because I clicked the link and I said, hey, look at that, iPhone iPhone SE was on sale for two forty nine for a 32 gig, which is... Did you actually see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was going to say, by by the, by the time I saw the story, yeah. probably less than 12 hours later, it was it was gone. It yeah, was, oh yeah, it was long boom. gone. And uh, I linked up to an article actually in Apple World uh, today. Um, they were. They of course was like, we might see the iPhone SE two after all because the original is back. Well, sorta. Uh, and a lot of people have been. <laughs> I know Renee Ritchie on iMore has been was been really speculating about the SE two. And uh, but yeah, I guess Apple must have found some in in a warehouse somewhere. I have. I'm having this feeling, but which you know, to me, it's kind of surprising that Apple would even do that because normally they would just let it sell on the third party market. Don't you think? The yeah, they phones. showed up in the in the clearance store. So I don't know. If, I mean, if that's refurbs or who knows where the stock came from. Maybe they had a. Um, I mean, it is quite possible they had a big return or a, a buyback. I guess you know where some retailer had had a bunch and then couldn't clear them out and just dumped them yeah. back on Apple. They they don't allow that too much from no, what normally. I understand about their retail, but. Um, you know, maybe it was a maybe it was a special circumstance. I don't know. I mean, they do still sell and and manufacture the SE for India, India, right? Uh, for the Indian market. But if anything, I think what's interesting about it and how quickly it sold out. I don't know. I maybe maybe it they was, just didn't have a lot of stock. But yeah, it had to have not. Yeah. I, I think I think what you know, Renee is probably responding to, and and what um, Macworld today is is alluding to. Yeah. is that there's obviously demand, right? Oh, there is a oh, certain segment of the market that is uh, sort of desires that four-inch form factor and that lower price point. So that's where an iPhone SE becomes a, a potential reality, right? Is if Apple right. sees that much pent-up demand for that kind of product, uh, it, it makes more sense for them to potentially make it. So I, you know, I, I think I think it's very likely we see an iPhone SE two. Uh, hmm. I think it's going to fall in line with 
the same thing. And I think we'll probably talk maybe about this later. I don't know about uh, future iPads. Yep, we you know, there's another that. iPad model there, yep. that, <laughs> that hasn't been updated in a while and, and may get updated. And I think that kind of cycle is what we'll see in these kinds of entry level uh, niche market products for, you know, like even within Apple's own niche, these are niche items, right? There's right. just a small percentage of the overall Apple consumer base that wants an iPhone, a four inch phone. Yeah. Um, so I think they put one out every three, four years and that's sort of the the cycle we see. And there, and it ends up not being a very, for, for technophiles like you and I, a not very exciting product, right? Yeah, it's just exactly. like, it's, it's a staple product and it's important well, for Apple to have those bases. So, well, I can I can have a firsthand experience having a good friend that I'm, I'm I actually do a podcast with as well. He has the iPhone SE and uh, he loves it. Yeah. He doesn't want to change it. He does like I'm a I'm a creature of habit. I don't want to change. I said, well, you maybe you should buy this phone so you have it as a back the cheap one to have as a backup right. because I'd like to have an extra. Yeah, have an extra. So, but uh, he he absolutely loves it and doesn't uh, doesn't want to doesn't go without it. So yeah, there's heard, a lot of a lot was, of SE people out there. There were stories back in the day of you know people who love their trails, their palm trails or whatever, oh and God, you had freezers that. full of them. You know, like just yeah. stock them up and and, and leave them in uh, in dry storage. So yeah, it's uh, something don't, don't. you can definitely. Definitely, definitely do. And people do, uh, do those sorts of things. You know, there's still people out there that like their flip phones. So yeah, hey, no. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that being the thing that, oh, no. that you I like know. and enjoy. And again, if the market is big enough and Apple thinks they can continue to make a profit of, off of it, I, there's no reason not yeah. to do, do an update to the iPhone SE. Yeah, no. I mean, that's what we'll hope. I mean, I think I think it should be on the market, honestly. Yeah, uh, but I yeah, think it's but a good product. Like you mentioned, uh, yeah, we have it. Actually, that's going to be in our topic segment. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the iPad Mini and the uh, and and others, uh, other iPod Touch too, in just yep. a bit here. Um, next story it was on Mac Rumors. Um, Apple's uh, new smart battery case. I was very uh, surprised they released uh, 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 last week uh, and. Uh, it's designed for the 10s and the 10s Max, uh, and the 10R. Uh, mm-hmm. Another hump, <laughs> like the other one had. Uh, yep. But but Battery I've bump. I've uh, I've uh, looked at it and uh, and watched some of the some of the reviews, and it seems like it's getting some decent reviews. A little pricey, you know, 129 dollars, I think. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's it's again, it's another one of these products. I think I talked about it a little bit on my show. When yep. you talk to somebody who has one. They really like it. The people that own them really like it. For me, yeah. it's not really my style. You know, yeah. I, I, I have never felt the need for a battery case. But if you're you're the type of person that you have that situation where you need, I think Apple says forty-seven to seventy-five percent more right. uh, sort of runtime, depending upon what you're doing and which which model you have. I mean, that's significant. So if you're in a job or you're in a position where you can't be sort of next to a charger or doing yeah. top-ups or something like that. I think it's, I think it's a great product and being direct from Apple. Um, it's nice that it supports the wireless charging and the direct charging with the lightning cable. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a need for it. And, and again, I think it's a little bit of a niche within a niche kind of product. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for those who need it, it's, it's a great, nice option. And of course there's tons of third party, you know, battery case options and different oh, styles and form factors out Mophie. there as well. But <laughs> you know, I don't know something about Apple stuff is that, yeah, very often it seems a little bit pricier, right. but I've generally found that the quality is also there too. You know, I've had right. some of those cheaper batteries and battery phone cases and, and things like that, and they tend to fall apart. And I think that Apple's stuff does last 
when it comes to sort of, you know, I think it kind of has a, like almost like a soft cover if I'm remembering how Apple's works and it sort yeah. of folds back and, right. you know, so you'll get other designs that are similar to that. And, you know, the plastic starts cracking after a couple years or it just starts to kind of generally fall apart or, um, and I've not experienced that with Apple products. I don't know specifically with no. their battery case other than I know people who have that battery case and they swear by it and they would right. buy another one in a heartbeat. So, well, and the key word is smart. It's a smart battery case because it, it's smart in knowing when it needs to be used. It's going to use it uh, uh, when needed, and then it'll it'll stop using it when, of course, when the battery runs out. But it, that's what that's what's nice to have about it is because it gives you giving you that additional uh, power. Because some people who are who are power users, they use the phone a lot. You know, the battery's going to start uh, draining. I mean, there's some days I my battery would be at fifty percent uh, probably by midday if I was using it a lot for that day. So I mean, so that it does come in handy, and it's a case, but. Again, it's 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 uh it's got that hump. You gotta you gotta like it to really want it. Um, it does <laughs> it does chi charge. It has the chi charging capability, so you can uh, put it on a on a chi charger and and do wireless charging. Um, it uh so it's uh it's it's pretty cool in that in that sense. Uh and uh, uh yeah it, it's uh what else can we say? Take a look at the article. It's linked in the show show notes. And you gotta uh, like black or white. Yeah, black or white is the only two others. Uh, people were saying they like the black better than the white. I mean, I've read. Watched a few couple. Of, I watched a video on that, and the white seems to pick a little more lint up than the uh, the black one did. So oh sure, yeah, uh, yeah. But and then they they the article did mention does this work with the iPhone 10? Those of you still have the 10, but it does have some caveats. So if you if there's even caveats, I would say probably don't buy it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, it, there are slight variances between the 10 and the 10s, even right. with things like you know the camera bump being like right. a millimeter off or you know fractions of a millimeter off. So so you're not going to get the form and fit that you're no. used to with Apple products. So yeah, if I, if you have a 10 and you really care about that stuff, you know, things lining up exactly, then you're probably going to want to avoid it and, and go with a, an option that's specific for the 10. Yeah. So go check it out. I mean, Hey, if anything, go to the Apple store, check it out, feel it, touch it. And then, they don't let you take it out of the box. They they better if you because you want to touch it first before you. <laughs> I think they do. Like all of Apple's cases, and I they slide. I, I think I had heard this is actually a requirement for any third party case that wants to be in the Apple retail store oh, too. That's right. So if you go into an Apple retail store, you'll notice the packaging on almost all their cases for iPhones and iPads. You can open the box actually try on the case yeah. and and put it back in the box all without you know damaging the packaging or, or doing anything yeah. and I think I do think that's a requirement that Apple puts on their manufacturers so you'll even see a, a case where the retail box in an Apple retail store for the same product you might find yeah. at a big box like Target or, or Best Buy will actually be different so retailers will like redesign their packaging just for yeah. you know to get placement in the Apple store it's kind of it's kind of a prestigious thing. Crazy, crazy. So, yeah, but hey, just uh, check it out. Hopefully, it's maybe it's something you like. So, uh, other article that uh, we wanted to review was uh, Microsoft tells users to switch to iOS or Android as or Android. Yeah, it says I see. It says or Android as Windows Phone sets for obsolescence. I think it's yeah. been obs- I think it's been obsolescent for like the last two years. Or Windows phones. Well, they, it still was yeah. like some on some Nokia's, right? Is that where yeah. it kind of its yeah. last holdouts were? Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, Microsoft in the article it's on nine to five Mac. Uh, there was a link uh, from to a support article, end of support FAQ, 
says, will my device continue to work after December 10th of 2019? They're saying possibly, but I, but they really, I think they're really what they did is they, they, they kind of leaned towards uh, iPhone or iOS than they did with Android. That's what kind of the article uh, was mentioning. So, uh, but I guess either one can go. Uh, I, 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 tend to lean towards i've seen more people with the windows 10 phone uh they lean more towards the ios uh, device uh, versus android so huh. i mean at least, at least that's what i've been seeing in trends anyway yeah, even, i haven't had a lot of experience yeah even with my work uh, there there had been people who had uh who had uh, uh the windows phones so uh, they switched switch completely to iphones ios so it uh, brought the percents up even higher of, of, of uh, how many iphones i'm supporting in my in my work so uh, but yeah, oh well. R.I.P. to uh, Windows Mobile Phone and Microsoft. I think they blew it for a long time. It was. Um, it blew it in terms of. In terms, in terms of, uh, I think uh, they uh, just did not react to the market. Um, I think at the time when Steve Ballmer was still CEO, I mean, I, I remember that they uh, that he felt, oh, this is an important thing for us. They 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 didn't pay any attention to it. Right early on. Meanwhile, yeah. early on. The meanwhile, iPhone would just was growing like gangbusters so so i although i mean they may have they may have just not even thinking maybe mobile was just going to be a secondary thing and, and it, it turned out to be that way i mean they just in an unrelated article uh, uh they just separated cortana and search in windows 10 so so they're switching their switching their gears on that as well with uh with uh product differences so yeah um, uh, yeah it's interesting to see how they react and, and what they do you know overall i think windows 10 and windows uh, mobile or Windows Phone operating system generally, you know, in tech circles was pretty well respected, at it least was. for people that I know. Like, there were some good concepts in there. They had some good ideas and some some good thoughts behind it in general. But I, you know, I, I think you're right. I think they they underestimated the game pretty early on, and maybe were a little bit too late to the party. It almost yeah. felt to me more like a uh, marketing sort of failure than a technological yeah, maybe. failure. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case. So, but no, I I had a Windows 10 phone for a, a short period of time, and I just wanted one. I bought one of the throwaway ones mm -hmm. and played with it for a while. And, and it, it, I mean, it had its it, it had its uh, it had its benefits, but uh, it also yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, app developers were were far and few between. That I think that's really that was a huge either. yeah, that was a huge problem for them. And yeah. again, I think that was the late to the market side of things. I remember. Um, right representatives from Microsoft coming. We had an iOS developer group here in San Diego. Right, right. And they were basically begging people to develop their apps for, for Windows Phone to the point where they were offering, you know, yes. development help services from inside, you know, basically almost like they would write your, it didn't go this far. They didn't promise this much, but it felt almost like it that, hey, we'll basically write the app, you know, rewrite the app for you to get it on Windows Mobile if you'll just, yeah, yeah. you know, give us the opportunity and we'll give you a phone and we'll give you development kits and all kinds of support. Like they did push pretty hard to, to do that. So, yeah. So that's enough from Microsoft. We, we, we like talking about I, Apple stuff here. So. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, but the uh, uh, next article was in, in Mac Rumors. Uh, I linked to uh, Vizio saying that their 2016 4K smart cast TVs will support AirPlay 2 and HomeKit, as well as all their other newer f uh, TVs uh, will also support uh, iTunes in their smart, in their smart menu. Uh, Samsung is as well, we'll and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I was surprised here to, that Vizio decided to go all the way back to 2016 on some of their TVs. You know, now this is for AirPlay two support, Air, Air, AirPlay two support, and HomeKit too. So you can huh. you can you can actually you can actually uh, 
uh, accessed your HomeKit uh, controls from your TV, which I thought yeah. was uh, rather interesting. So, uh, but uh, and, and Samsung also announced this as well. And we're we're, we're going to debate this here in just a bit here in our topics. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting article in that too. So, um, this should uh, but so this this is an interesting market. I think with, that's what we'll talk about with a little bit here with the services. I probably zigged and zanged here with the <laughs> with this article. So. Last article I had a link of, and I talked about this on previous shows, um, Google Fi uh, for the iPhone. Uh, we talked about that before, how you can now get a, uh, a Google Fi uh, chip and you can use it with your iPhone. Because um, uh, Google Fi, which used to be called Project Fi before Google finally took it out of beta. And, of course, they're a uh, MVNO carrier, which the, they, they piggyback on to other carriers. Uh, in the cases of Android, it's Sprint and T-Mobile. But in the case of iPhone, it's just T-Mobile. Um, and the article talks about uh, the fact that um, it's really a good choice potentially for if you're, if you're an international traveler. Um, you get a lot of good deals with that. Um, but there are some caveats. The big, ones, uh, the big one for me is, is the, the iMessaging isn't working uh, with it. So I don't know if you've had any experience or reviewed any of this information about uh, Google Fi. Uh, nope. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to follow that too closely. Okay. So, I mean, the idea is it's a pay-as-you-go NVMO. Is that sort of... Well, it's actually... You, you sign up for service, and uh, on the Android side of things, it actually uses the uh, uh, the eSIM. So it's... so it's, uh, But they haven't... They have not done that as of yet on the iPhone, which I'm kind of surprised because the eSIM now is built into um, into the iPhone. But right. no, no one's utilized that as of yet. So you have to... In fact, I, I ordered the, uh, the, the Google Fi. You, you, you just request it. It's free. It's a it's a kit that comes with a card, and they give you the sim the sim uh, tool and the sim card. It's in there, and uh, uh, of course, the first thing it says using an iPhone. You pull it out, and it says, "Here's all the things you have to do to make sure your tech scare working." I was like, "Okay, that's that's the last thing I'm gonna do." So, uh, but uh, check a look, take, take a look at that article. There's a little some more updated information about that. So, uh, but uh, I think that's all we really need to talk about on that. So, yeah, um, I mean. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. I'll, I'll have to look into it more a little bit more because this came up late in our in our list Sorry. of stories. But yeah, um, I'm already on T-Mobile, so I'm yeah, curious. So you know, so it's all about maybe pricing and data caps and and, and the good thing about things. and the good thing about the Google Fi is it they cap it at um, at uh, sixty bucks an extra. So it's like ten dollars a gig after I think the first two gigs, and then if you go go over six, anything over that, uh, you, they don't charge you anything. Uh, so it's like another sixty bucks. So, uh, so they have some good good plans uh, available for it. So, uh, but yeah, no, like I said we we talked about it in the previous episodes. So I just wanted to, that that was an article that just came out. A little today update, yeah, cool. a little update. So, anyway, yeah, let's bring on to the topics here. Um, so as I, as I mentioned, Samsung and Vizio did announce that uh, they are adding support of the iTunes and Air, AirPlay two, and then and of course we just talked about Vizio having a HomeKit. Um, and is is Apple really ra- ramping up services? I think. I think a lot of discussion has been in that realm is the fact that uh, you know, allowing Samsung and Vizio to be able to have their content on on their smart TVs, um, you know that it's cutting into the Apple TV market. Okay, maybe right. Apple TV isn't as important as as it used to be with the Apple, don't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it. I guess it's really going to depend on how the implementation goes. I mean, and just having AirPlay 2 support, which is enabling the HomeKit support, that's not really an Apple TV experience. That means that I can, you know, say, hey, take this video content from my iOS device or from, you know, another device on my network and and 
you know, play it onto the TV. I guess Samsung is going to get iTunes, um, right. right, which means that's purchasing videos, but they don't mention specifically like the a, a TV application. So actually browsing and accessing my TV content. For, for me right now, the killer app on the Apple TV is really the TV app. Um, I don't know how much experience you have yeah. with it, oh, yeah. but it's sort of aggregating those services. Correct. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is cool that, you know, AirPlay 2 is coming to speakers and we're going to see AirPlay support and HomeKit support in terms of Siri being able to send audio, you know, to different speakers within your house, to different devices, different televisions, audio and video. Uh, that's something I think everybody yeah. has wanted for a really long time. Um, and I see it kind of an, as an interesting almost coup for Apple because, it's adding support. It's delivering a part of an Apple experience for owners of Apple devices, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be a complete seamless experience like you would get with the Apple TV. So I almost see it as like a potential driver of more, more Apple TV sales, unless they're going to get in there and actually write. I mean, these TV platforms are open, so there's nothing to, potentially stop Apple from partnering with them and doing like a a version of their television app at some point that would run on the smart TVs, you know, right alongside the Netflix app or the Hulu app or whatever it might be. Um, But I mean, I think at least initially what you're looking at is you still have to have the content on a Mac on your network or on an iPhone or an iPad, or you'll be able to maybe buy some of it through Samsung televisions. And Vizio is also getting the iTunes. Is that correct? That's okay, so Vizio saying, and yeah. Samsung. So and you can you could purchase the content and I guess stream it directly. Stream it directly, right? I mean, yeah, your your music or your if you buy movies through through the uh, iTunes store, um, you will be able to stream them right from the smart TV's interface. I have an older Samsung TV. I think it's I think it's 2017, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to include it in this in the software update, as far as I understand. Um, so, um, so it's, it's, they're not going back as far as Vizio says in their article to, uh, to uh, back to 2016, you know, which, you know, three years, that's, yeah, that's going so back pretty far. So through the firmware upgrade. My biggest concern with Apple as, as it goes to, cause it, you're right. It does feel like a services play. Like this is right. about getting Apple services. You know, if you have Apple music, you can know, or, you know, you're buying your movie content from in television content from iTunes. You can now stream it directly into your TV. You don't have to go right. through a bunch of rigmarole. You can use Siri voice controls, um, right. you know, not on the TV again. Right. But, um, because the TV is not going to have Siri built in, but if you have a HomePod or you have something else, you can you can say to that, you know, hey lady, send right. you know play Star Wars on my on my living room TV or whatever it might be, which is really cool. Um, my concern would be Apple's control of the experience because in general, what I've heard with most smart televisions from from people who own them is they generally hate the user interface. So maybe this is a way around it. If you can use your Apple products, you know, like your HomePod and, and totally avoid the, uh, you know, the built-in apps because they stink. But uh, my concern would be users getting a bad experience and then attributing that to Apple and not the TV manufacturer. And then, you know, so I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a big fan of the smart TV interface through Samsung. I mean, I've tried to navigate through it and, it's not the easiest navigation. I think the Apple TV does a much better job at it, yeah. um, honestly. 
Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a foothold in too, to Apple, you know, bringing more like a CarPlay experience somehow to the TV. Yeah. So where they do have some sort of aggregated Apple app that puts you into, you know, some sort of view of, of your Apple content and your Apple, your, your, you know, Apple services and things like that, that could get really interesting too. So rather than having an Apple TV box, you have an Apple app, you know, just like a Netflix mm -hmm. app and you run that on your TV and that's sort of how you interface and with it, with everything. Again, I think that only works if Apple controls that though. Sure. And, and that would be the, that would be the concern. Yeah. And I, and like, like we talked about services, I mean, where, where is Apple going with services? I mean, they, they see, and I think many companies see that services make a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. And you know the iPhone, as as we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, yeah, it's still making money, but it, it dropped. <laughs> okay, so but they're still making money on the device. But again, they haven't innovated the iPhone in a long time. There hasn't been a lot of innovations. Um, so where, where else do they go? So now I think they're looking at services. I mean, they were talking about a TV service that's a, that that might be uh, on the horizon. Um, they're already doing a TV shows that they're 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 producing. So uh, oh yeah. So I think. I think I think really where Apple is going is services. I mean, that, that's I think that's where their next steps are. Um, sure, it's, that's where the largest percentage of their growth in their company is right now. Uh, right. Like thirty percent growth year over year, twenty five, thirty percent year, you know, growth. Uh, where you have iPhone sales basically stagnant and declining, uh, you have Mac sales stagnant and declining. Right. Um, iPad sales, same same sort of thing. iPod sales, like all no, of their no, hardware all divisions. It. You know, they're not tanking. Where this is no. not doomsday scenarios, but no, they not. they're not they're not growth <laughs> parts of their business. So you start to look at what are the growth parts of their business. Right. You know, software, app store services, uh, Apple Music, iCloud services, uh, yeah. and you know, again, oh. and they have a huge healthy ecosystem. This is where the advantage of of iPhone is, is because yeah. Apple has such a large portion of the market and there are so many existing devices yeah. out there those are all customers that you sell these services into so there's a lot of people that haven't upgraded their iCloud storage and aren't paying for more there's a lot of people that maybe haven't jumped on Apple Music yet and now we've got this video service streaming video service what I find interesting about that one yeah. is the biggest rumor surrounding it is that it's going to be sort of an upsell play more like Amazon Prime Video is where you know, hey, you own an Apple device, uh, you know, the, the, the rumor, strong rumors are if you own an Apple device, you are going to get access to Apple's original video content for free. Right. And then what Apple will try to do is sell you the the add-on premium channels like HBO and Showtime right, and right, Stars, right. And, and then presumably I would assume they're getting a cut of that that revenue, um, although they've been struggling with that too, with, you know, we had a new story a couple of weeks ago of, of Netflix, Netflix, you know, yep. pulling their subscription in-app subscription piece out of, uh, their app on, on iOS and Apple TV, yeah. which means Apple doesn't get that cut. So they're going to have to work some deals if that's the revenue model for that service. Yeah. They're going to have to look at other, other avenues. Yeah. Netflix wants their 30% back. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, unless they're going to try to make it up in sort of cross selling other services like iCloud storage and, and, and other sorts of things. So I found that interesting because yeah. the caliber and quality of content that we've been hearing Apple sort of signing up in terms of some of the shows they're producing, um, some of the directors and, and professionals in Hollywood that they're, they're working mm -hmm 
working with they're they are working with a class you know talent these are you know people who have won oscar awards and emmy awards right. and you know like they're not they're definitely not messing around so we expect the the quality of that content to be very high and to not charge for that where I think they could, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it would be too hard of a sell. They could easily sell me another five, $10 a month subscription just on that, yeah. on the quality of that content. I hope they don't. I'd love it if it was rolled in. I originally <laughs> thought they might just roll it into sort of a bundled service with Apple music. So right. where I'm paying, you know, 15 bucks for my yeah, family hope, plan now, so. you know, jump it up to 20 and say, Hey, now you get, you get video for your 20 or your 25. And uh, you know, I probably would have jumped on that, but if it's, I don't have to do that, I'm going to be an even happier customer. These these subscription services are just they're just growing like crazy here. It's uh, I got sucked into CBS All Access because uh, I just thought that uh, Star Trek Discovery was important. So <laughs> that's great. So I I subscribed this time. I got the seven day free trial. Got to watch the first episode, and uh, yeah, I mean, I caught up with uh, the first uh, season. Uh, earlier so but uh, are you gonna are you gonna binge and cancel though i mean that's another thing that we're seeing happen yeah, especially when possible. you have a service that's just one show i mean we got disney coming on board I know, that would be I know. huge in my family it's gonna be a tough call for me um and i will likely have to cut a service so i'll be looking really hard at you know what i think the value i'm getting out of say like hbo right. especially with game of thrones sort of winding down april, um april will be binge watching time <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when Game of Thrones comes out, because I know everybody's going to be crazy, and uh, HBO's uh, subscriptions are going to increase big yeah. time. So I mean, yeah, and I people mean, cut really out for a while. Me, yeah, it starts me thinking because I do like some of the first run movies that yeah. they get, you know, coming yeah. out of you know, that come out before video, and so I do catch a lot of videos movies there that I like yeah. that I don't have to pay extra for. Um, but at the same time. You know, I could switch to another service and then potentially supplement just with an iTunes rental or something like that. So, yeah. no, it's true. And, and you know, it's it's the same thing with you know, my wife wanted to uh, uh, rent a movie. I says, no, honey, we have we have tons. You know, I I always buy tons of credit on the, on the, the Apple, the iTunes store, and the, the App Store because right. you know you can get those gift cards for eighty bucks for hundred bucks for eighty. So, <laughs> got to load right. up on those. So. So yeah, rent there, rent there. I don't want because we have Compass, we have the X One, so we have that experience too. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just the content. There's just just so much other content that you can absorb. So it's it's definitely yeah. going to continue to be interesting. So and then, then the <laughs> then the last thing I just we didn't touch on too much. I uh, want to touch on a little bit is on AirPlay Two. I I, th I think that's pretty awesome. You'll be able to you'll be able to uh, mirror your uh, iPad or your iPhone to your TV directly without the need of an Apple TV because uh, that yeah. was that was. Uh, unique because uh, you always had to have apple tv to do it i mean don't don't get me wrong I, li I love my apple tvs i have three of them so i must love them so right uh, and uh but uh i mean i think that's that's interesting to see because people who don't have an apple tv it's uh it's something that uh, is helpful uh, to be able to show your screen uh, on your tv yeah yeah i mean it's it's nice to have those built-in integrations and I, th I think it's a good stair step like i said yeah. i think that's the kind of thing where it's it's another way to introduce folks to Apple technologies that integrate with the devices that they already own and then potentially upsell them on other products and services, you know, specifically yeah. in Apple TV. I, I could really see someone liking it, you know, saying, hey, this AirPlay 2, 2 thing is pretty cool or I like the Siri integration, but man, I really hate you know, the TV interface. And, and then it becomes easier for Apple to say, well, you know, we do have this thing and we have this TV app and it can aggregate all your services right. and you can have this great, you know, experience. And so. 
And then the last thing was uh, we talked, uh, only mentioned Vizio that has this. I'm not sure about Samsung. I'm going to have to go back and check that. But uh, HomeKit, uh, I, I, I think that's pretty cool. You don't have to pull out your phone and you can get on your TV and control your lights and, and your theme, your scenes and, and such with HomeKit from your TV. Yeah, I'm really curious about how that integration works. I don't yeah. think I don't think it's the kind of thing where you get a HomeKit app on your TV and where you because a lot of the TVs yeah. do have voice interfaces. I I, right. I believe what they mean by HomeKit integration, and I'll, I'll have to fully wrong. double check on this. No, but I think what they mean by the HomeKit integration is that you can um, basically target your TV for audio and video content through your other HomeKit devices i.e it shows up in HomeKit on your on your phone and you can control it from yeah. your phone controller you can co control it from your home pod with siri voice commands and stuff like that i don't think okay. it didn't sound like it and i, I i'm happy to be wrong i'd love to no, be wrong on too. this but i I, no, I, don't. I don't think you can say you know hey tv control my home kit you know lights yeah, turn sort on of my thing. lights now, now you <laughs> Probably can already do that because chances are your lights also do Alexa or yeah. you know Google, <laughs> Google, and and that usually does work. HomeKit seems to be left yeah. out in the cold with a lot of the kind of third party integrations. Yeah. So topic two, uh, with an article at uh, Mac MacWorld. Uh, uh -huh. uh, Dan Moran uh, uh, was the author, talking about the iPad Mini and the iPod Touch that they're talking awesome. about potential return. Well, the iPad the, the iPad mini hasn't been updated since 2015. So it's yeah. four, never four went away. Never These went products away, never went away. They're, they're here. Yeah, both, they're both being sold. And you have the, uh, I think it's the sixth gen in the iPod touch. Yep. Uh, but I can see this happening because I think people still like the mini. I, I had a mini at one point I was when I was using it for work and I actually didn't mind it. I liked the size of it. It was Kind of cool. You're getting the full full experience of an iPad, but not having the giant size to it. There, yeah. There are not only people that like the mini; there are people that love the love mini, yeah, like exactly. like love the mini, and will not accept any other form factor. And same thing with the iPod Touch. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, we all have smartphones now, and they do all these things. Um, there's definitely, again, niches for these products where they fit a certain user, they fit a certain use case, and those people are diehards they absolutely love their their devices i know people who love the ipod touch because it doesn't have all the phone bits and the complexity and they like something that they can just take to the gym and it has amazing battery life because it doesn't have you know the cellular modem and all this other stuff so yeah. you know I, I again i think i think there are a whole series of products and I, I would put the ipod touch the ipad mini the iphone se you know there are a bunch of products in apple's lineup uh, even the mac mini that are these sort of staple uh you know i hate to call them entry-level products but in yeah. a lot of cases they are um you know but they're they're products that fit a lower price point a lower right. barrier to entry they're more they're simpler for a lot of people and people just really absolutely love them for whatever reasons they love them. And so it makes sense for Apple to continue to keep these products in the lineup. I think what, you know, some people get frustrated by is because they don't have the market share and they're not right. as large a percentage of Apple's bottom line, 
they don't get as much love as as frequently. So anytime that they do get some love and we start to hear, hey, they're going to get updated, we're going to get a revision, uh, people get really excited. I think the only thing that brings me down there is I don't mm-hmm. expect much for, much from these updates, you know, like in terms of design mm-hmm. features or feature changes. I think we're looking at, you know, processor, processor spec bumps. Yeah, it's just bringing them into the modern age, uh, keeping them at the same price point and, and probably not changing much. Like I'm not even sure like the iPod touch or the iPad mini will get, uh, you know, true depth or face ID. I, I would expect them to remain, you know, touch, touch ID, ID devices. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, just cause of the, the extra cost that'll, that'll, uh, make it, uh, more expensive because you know, I think you start around $199 for an iPod touch. Uh, and, uh, you know, people don't want an iPhone. There's people who don't, who just want a basic device that doesn't, doesn't require the phone part of it. Cause that's where the expense is. Yeah, or something for for younger children, you know, children? they no. just want to play games or be entertained, you know. So I mean, I had an old iPod Touch. I mean, it was the fifth gen, so that of course was at the end of the road. But there was there was a someone in my, in my work who was looking for their kids. They're, they they broke their other one. I said, okay, I'll sell you this. You know, I sold it for probably 120 bucks, and mm-hmm. for, for that iPod Touch will probably, even though it's going to be, on, I believe iOS 10, uh, it'll still last them a you know a good long time for the next uh, few years. So I mean. So even even I, I think the, for the kids, you know, a lot of a lot of parents don't want to hand the iPhone to them, but they do anyway. I think I see a lot of the time anyway because yeah. about the extra expense. Um, so and then of course the article mentioned the the iPhone SE, which we just talked about, um, and the uh, you know how does so you really have all three of those products that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, they do make comebacks here in 2019. Um, for, I think they're ripe for some sort of spring announcement along with this yeah. media media announcement with the Apple services, you know, yeah. uh, the video service. So the TV TV services and such. So. Yeah, and, oh. and there's also rumors of a of an iPad. You know, I think the the star of that keynote would be the updated uh, 9.7 inch iPad, which we've also right. been hearing rumored. Yeah, so that, I mean that if you can't, you you got to think that that 9.7 inch has been selling like crazy. I mean, I bought a bunch of them for for holiday gifts uh, during the Christmas holiday. Of course, they had great pricing on it. So, right. Uh, but uh, but I'm sure they're still selling very well. Uh, versus that, you know, not everybody has uh, wants to spend the extra money they have on the on the 11 inch or the 12.9 inch uh, iPad Pro. So, um, so no, it's gonna definitely gonna be interesting. So, so I thought we would talk a few tips here and and. Courtesy of Mac Rumors, I thought they had a great article here um, last week on several useful uh, iPhone tips you may, might not know. Were any of these that you did not know? Did, I, did you take, take a look at it, Adam? Um, if, you, if you hadn't glanced at it yet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of them are ones that I knew I almost put these more in the category of ones that I knew and just don't, 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 ever, don't, don't ever use. use yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if it's cause I forget about some of them, like they reopen the last closed, you know, Safari tab trick. Um, you know, some of them I just honestly forget about, uh, you know, 3d touch stuff. We've been talking a lot on my show about what uh, hidden yeah. interfaces is what we've been calling them. Okay. Uh, so- so, so me, there's a really cool one I'll, I can share with your yeah, audience. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do related, that. Related to um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit calendar. The first, we'll hit the first three, and then yeah, we'll talk about that one. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I've and I've I've talked about this. I mean, I think I I and I remember that I did demonstrate this during Mac stock. So uh, when I did uh, uh, 
iOS in the past. So, yeah. So basically, when you when you uh, go in and open up the the pages, you know, you you you, you t- tap the the little book at the bottom. Um, uh, and I'm sorry, the tabs. When, when you tap the tabs, it brings the tabs up. Then you have the plus. If you tap and hold the plus, what that's going to do is show you the recently closed tabs. Brings you. Uh, so, so sometimes you for you want you want to get back to something that you closed out by mistake. So you you very very easy to do that. So that that uh, that's a really good tip. Um, setting a music timer um, and it's like like missing the music when you fall asleep too, uh, but you want to turn it off at a set time because in the clock time in the clock app you actually can choose timer scroll at the end and it says stop playing as an option in the, the clock timer which is pretty cool. Um, I do that a lot of times when I listen to podcasts. I'm using uh, your favorite podcatcher. A lot of them have uh, timers too. Well, now if you want to just set the music, uh, if you want to play your Apple Music, have you have you used this one before? Uh, for or do you like to go to sleep in music? I guess <laughs> you probably don't use that at all. <laughs> no, I generally am watching uh, videos uh, at night. But yeah, I mean, I, I've done the music thing. I think I I often just let it play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I say I, a lot of times you just let it play and it'll run out. So. <laughs> right. Well, although music, if you have endless playlists, you know, it may play all night for you. But sure. Um, the moving on multiple apps was always a, it was always tricky. I always had a, a challenge with that. So when you move apps to your home screen, if you want, if you long press on one, drag it away a bit and then tap others. While continuing to hold the first, you can group them all together. Right, it'll sort of suck place. them all under your sucks, one finger. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool to see it. It just like sucks them up, puts them in one place. So, um, and then the the 3D touch for folder notifications. If you have a bunch of apps and folders, if uh, if one of your folders has a little red badge, then you can 3D press on that folder to see which app has has a pending notification. And you said you had something that you talked about during your show on uh, 3D touch with calendar, or was it? A um, I don't remember this. No, we were just talking about sort of hidden user interfaces. This one isn't specifically a um, a three okay. D touch sort of thing. A lot of you know hidden UI is three D touch because you don't know you know can I three D touch on this and if I do what's going to happen. Um, but someone brought this one up to me and it only works. It only seems to work in calendar apps. Mm-hmm. Um, it does work in third party apps as near as I can tell, or most of them. Uh, and Apple's built-in calendar app. But if you've ever gone in where you're setting up an appointment um, and you're in on the little timer or the, you know, that you're setting the start and end time. So you get the little uh, tumblers is kind of what I call them, yeah, like the yeah. time the time tumblers. Um, so normally on the second or on the minute tumbler, it goes from, you know, zero, zero to 59. Hmm. If you double tap on that, Tumblr, it will actually toggle it to go in five minute increments. So it goes 5, 10, 15, 20. And if you double tap it again, it'll switch back to one minute increments. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I never knew that either. That's, there's a bonus of the seven tips we're giving you here today. That, that, that's great. Um, so let me uh, get through the those last three here. Um, the simple settings access. Uh, if you're in an app like Messages and Photos, you want to get to the settings quick. All I have to say is uh, settings to our friend Siri, and it will open right up. That, that, that's always very convenient. Um, Siri song history in the iTunes app st- uh, store. You can find a list of all the songs you ever asked Siri to identify. I didn't know this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Just tap on the three-line icon at the top of the display and then choose Siri. And then the last one they had in here is on uh, passcode lock apps. Uh, Apple does, uh, doesn't let you uh, passcode individual apps, but there is a screen time 
screen time workaround. In the screen time section of the settings app, you can choose app limits and set a one minute timer on all apps and categories. Go to always allow, allowed and add apps you don't want to lock and the rest will require screen time passcode to access. So, you know, that's going to be used screen time. Do you use screen time on your, on your device? Um, I, I have it on. I haven't done much with it. My daughter particularly likes it to okay. kind of keep track of her own screen time. So, yeah. I mean, I use it for some of the parental controls on my kids' devices as well now. So it's nice to be able to remotely uh, control those things. Okay. So, yeah, that, those are some great tips I wanted to throw out there for iOS because we always like tips that are here on our show. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, and I guess I don't know if this, we'll consider this an, an app or, or an actual service. I found this service, a uh, shout-out to Warren Sklar uh, in uh, Mac to the Future. Uh, he's the one that brought this to my attention last week, and I didn't even know about it. Uh, it's called Locast. It's a nonprofit website that rebroadcasts local TV. And I thought that uh, went away many years ago, if, we were, if everybody remembers Aereo. That was uh, the service that was charging for uh, getting the rebroadcasting of, of local TV stations. Uh, and uh, I thought that was a that was that was a done deal because uh, the government pretty much put them out of business because they said this is not legal. Well, apparently this is a nonprofit service, uh, and uh, it 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 uh, it allows you to be able to uh, watch local channels depending on the city you're in. Right now, unfortunately, not in your city in San Diego, but uh, in Chicago they have it, and uh, they have it in um, Denver, in Dallas, Houston. Baltimore's coming, and then they have Philly, New York, and I guess they have it in Boston now, too. I didn't realize they just had it in Boston. Um, so here in Chicago, where I'm from, uh, 14 local channels in my area I can watch, and the quality is incredibly great. I, I was very impressed with this. Um, it. Uh, what did you think of these services? Did you, did you, you remember Aereo, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is, there is actually one for um, that I'm aware of, too, for active service military. Hmm. Um, and they do a, they do a similar sort of thing. And the idea is that if you're a serviceman and you're stationed overseas or someplace where you can't get your local, your local television, um, you can get it. I want to say it's called us TV now or something like that. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I've known some of these sorts of services. I don't know, you know, I don't know how they work with the sort of legal stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of interested about is how legal is this? But it, it's legal from what I see. All they're asking for is donations, um, and that's where they're, they're getting their money because, I mean, I can't imagine bandwidth is not exactly cheap, uh, how they're getting it. Um, and they're, they're, if you will go on the website, uh, we have a link in the show notes on that. They do have an iOS app. It's iPhone only, unfortunately, but it does work on the iPad. It'll make it bigger, but you can you, know, you get full screen access uh, to, to the local channels which I find cool because, you know, a lot of times there might be something I want to watch. You know, although I have Comcast, uh, you know, when I'm at home, I can I can actually watch um, uh, channels on my iPad, iPhone with their stream app. Uh, but when you're outside of the, your home, you're limited to what, you know, what local channels will be available. Well, this service, you could be anywhere and be able to watch these channels uh, for free. <laughs> which yeah. Is, so, which is, I mean, but, yeah, I mean you, you know, you probably want to support them only because they, they're they they're on a mission to, uh, to, to get this delivered delivered out there because you know there's people who still have those hd antennas are trying to pick up all the stations and you know i have a tv i don't uh, i don't have a cable box on because we just don't use it that often i bought it i bought a just a cheap hd antenna and you know it, it picks up you know probably about 20 channels or so whatever that on the hd band 
it, this this will only have the 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 main channels for the local area, at least in Chicago, it does, because sometimes you know like ABC, NBC, uh, CBS, they have like alternate channels. Uh, so that that's one thing this does not have is those alternate channels uh, where you can pick that up on your with your HD antenna, of course. But you can't you can't watch it on your iPhone or your iPad, can you? <laughs> right. Um, so. Yeah. I, I don't know if you didn't have you didn't have much experience with this, so but uh, it's nope. uh, it was it was it's uh, it was it, it was definitely an interesting uh, it was a definitely definitely interesting uh, uh, a product that's out there. I want to bring everybody attention to it. So yeah. with that, uh, we get close to the end here. Do you uh, did you have any other things you can think about uh, about iOS? Uh, maybe a uh, maybe an app or something that you've that, that you've worked with recently uh, in our iOS world. Um, yeah, I was trying to come up with an app for you recently. Um, trying to think of one that I just saw one that I was thinking about that was kind of an interesting little app. Um, don't put you, do you mean to put you on the spot here. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I just lost it. I put it, I threw it in my reference folder and, um, oh, it's, it's this little app called, um, and this is such a weird thing. But and hopefully I didn't pick this last time. Did I? Did I mention Plant Plant Snap? If you, I don't think you did. It's okay. Okay. But Plant Snap. So um, this is a little app. I want to say it was free. I don't remember. I don't remember paying for it. There might have been a price for it, but it was a couple bucks if it if it was. But we had had. Um, my daughter has a little garden in the backyard, and mm. these little plants started popping up. And we kind of thought we thought we might know what they were, um, but we weren't really sure. And what Plant Snap does is it allows you to um, download the app, take a picture, and I think it even has an AR component um, oh, wow. that you yeah. play around. I just went with. to their website here, PlantSnap.com. Yeah, and it connects with um, I think like biologists and horticulturists and things like that. Uh, and it's meant to sort of be like a database. So I think there's a little bit of an exchange of information, right? You have to say you're going to sort of share your information, but it's it's for identifying plants. And basically you snap a picture of it. It will try to use um, artificial intelligence and some other technologies to try and figure out what that plant is. It basically gives you a suggestion of, hey, I think that's what this is. And here's my degree of confidence in, in terms of what that is. Mm-hmm. And for us, it, um, it was 100% accurate because we thought it was potatoes and took a picture and it said, Hey, I think those are potatoes. And wow. that, yep, that makes sense. Cause we had thrown, we had thrown some potatoes in there at some point and they were popping up. And so I played around with it. Uh, you can also, if, if it doesn't figure out what it is, I think there's a way where you can submit it and it'll get reviewed by, um, the different biologists and horticulturists who participate in the app and it sort of crowdsources additional information. So you might actually also be able to get an identification. And I think what they're trying to do with the exchange of information, I think the idea is that they can sort of track where different plants are, are popping up. And if you get non-natives in certain areas, things like that, they can, they can use that data in, in research and stuff like that. So I thought it was a cool little app. I want to say, say I had to pay, I think I had to pay a couple bucks to activate the features. It might be a freemium Freemium let's model. Go, let's, go, let's go to the. Uh, oh no, it's three ninety nine. Yep. So, but say, hey, but uh, if you want to learn more about plants, this is uh, this is a great uh, this is a great um, 
thing to learn about. So it was an interesting sort of out there one. I not something I ever thought what I would have needed, but you know, we were just curious one day and I went, eh, it's worth four bucks for me to see if this works and find out. And so I haven't used it a ton, but I know there's people out there who really are into mm. culture and plants and gardening and stuff like that. And so it's kind of a fun one. You can walk around and identify plants in your area. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of that, um, and, um, I'll put you on the spot here, but uh, I'm I'm actually I actually been looking for a VPN for a while. I know you have an advertiser, ExpressVPN. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, not trying to get them to be plugged because I'm not getting compensated for it. But <laughs> I, I think people might be interested to know uh, what uh, uh, what what a good VPN is. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, and I think ExpressVPN. I've been been kind of interested to see it, uh, that I would uh, uh, try their service to see how it is because I had a I had a lifetime service. Uh, I think it was ProXPN and. It stopped mm-hmm. working. Stop working. So, oh. um, <laughs> so I couldn't, at least I, at least I couldn't get connected anymore to my Mac. Well, you know, I think yeah. that's I think that's a um, you know that's something to consider about. You know, a VPN is the sort of thing where you know I like to use it if I'm especially if I'm using like a public Wi-Fi right. hotspot or something like that, and especially if I'm going to be doing you know connecting to my email or doing things that you know normally it would even be over SSL anyway, but you know, hey, I just don't, I don't know what's running on this network. I don't know about that guy with the strange laptop in the corner, you know, with all the stickers, the hacker stickers on it, you know, like what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is he, he there sniffing, sniffing traffic and looking for sessions and stuff like that. So it's, it's a good way to give yourself a safe, secure um, sort of connection to the internet. Like, you know, yep. but the thing is, is you also have to sort of trust your VPN provider because what you're doing is you're securing your network, say through star, you know, your traffic through Starbucks Wi-Fi network, but you are connecting to your VPN provider and then your VPN provider, it's going out from there. So I, you know, what's important to me is looking at VPN providers that are known to be reputable. Um, Express VPN has a really great reputation. Yeah, uh, and then also, uh, to look over the VPN providers, sort of privacy policies and, and, and what they, you know, how they protect your data and stuff like that. And so, you know, when that's written in, in a, you know, clear way and makes sense, I think that's, that's another thing I like. And, and like you discovered also just knowing, you know, is this a company that is making money? Are they going to be around? You know, right. if I buy a lifetime subscription, you know, are they going to stick around? So ExpressVPN has been around for a while. They have a pretty good reputation, the app. And then just how usable is the app? So like um, their app is super easy to use. You download it, you install it. It's basically one click. You can select. A lot of people also like to run their traffic through different countries for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the more popular ones is to try to access content that's maybe geo-restricted. Um, <laughs> I think that gets into maybe a gray area sometimes. So I don't do I do not do a lot of that. Uh, that's not what I, I'm in it more to protect my, just the protect security you. and privacy of my data traveling through through the internet um i've also used tunnel bear um and they have been a sponsor of my show in the past as well and i think they have a great service too um their privacy policy is Um, is really um straightforward and clear and they've been around for a while and and have a pretty good reputation as well so i'll put a little bit both of those for yeah my my advice to people is you know if you're evaluating a service you know really go in and i I do think the the key place to look at is what's the reputation in the industry for for that company and then to do you agree you know do you really agree with what's listed in their security and privacy policies because you are trusting them ultimately so you know with your traffic so if you're not trusting starbucks and you're turning on that vpn you are trusting express vpn 
right. or tunnel bear, wh- whoever the provider might be. And there's a ton of them out there and there's a lot of great ones. So it can be a little bit confusing, but those, those are two that I've used personally that I do like and enjoy. All right. I'll put those both in my app choices as well. I'll even link back to your, your, your deal on Mac, uh, Mac cast. Uh, you get three oh, months cool. Thanks. out of, out of th- three months uh, free. So, Hey, I want to yeah, three you, months if, free. So if you sign up I for can, a, you do have to sign up for a year plan. Sign you up for your plan, plan, but you get three months. So I'm, I might even do that too. <laughs> so, um, so uh, tell us, uh, we're, we're going to wrap things up here to uh, tell, uh, to tell our listeners uh, where they really can find you and uh, how to get in contact with you. Oh yeah, that's super easy. Um, I do a weekly podcast called the MacCast, all about Apple and Macintosh. Uh, we also cover iOS stuff and uh, do a little bit of news and then also just tips and tricks and try to help people out with their technology. Um, people can find that at MacCast.com or just MacCast on your favorite podcast application. Uh, should get you right to it. And then if you awesome. want to follow me on, on Twitter, uh, you can find me at... Uh, Matcast on Twitter. Matcast. Yes, and uh, thanks. I really appreciate you being here this uh, yeah, thanks, this David. time around. We'll have you again soon, and uh, and we'll talk more about uh, all the fun stuff we love about Apple and uh, iOS here. So, well, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address: feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. You can subscribe subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Or better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Thanks again, Adam, for uh, Adam Christian for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for listening, and see you next time.